Welcome to the first episode of our 22-Minute Walk Leadership Podcast Series. This week, we are featuring Katie Wood, who is a coach for leaders, creatives, and business owners. Katie spoke at one of our virtual Brio sessions, which is a women's program we offered this year. And I think everyone, including myself, really enjoyed Katie. Um, So Katie lives in Whitefish, and she's here with us today. Uh, So Katie, if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, your connection to Wyoming, and what made you want to help leaders and business owners thrive in their own worlds. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, So I, yeah, I'm a coach, as you said, and I mostly work with um, leaders of some sort, either they're leading their own business or they're leading bigger teams and organizations. And I help them kind of overcome stress and burnout and kind of some of those things that um, that after a while can really start to start to drag folks down. Um, so helping them to create a little bit more ease in their work lives so that they can do the work that they really love and that matters. Um, and I've been doing that for a while. I've, I've loved, loved the clients I've been able to work with um, in my business is I'm based in Montana now, but I was originally uh, born in Wyoming and lived there for most of my life. Really, I grew up in Crowheart. Uh, just a little tiny town that <laughs> you all may have blinked when you and missed it when you've driven through. Um, yeah, and I, I just am glad to be here and to kind of talk a little bit about um, what leaders can do this time of year because it can be a little bit hectic. Nice. Thank you for that. And you, so you work with a lot of people who have busy schedules and busy lives, and this can obviously be a busy time of year. Um, so what do you think that those people could benefit from? Yeah, you know, I think that that this time of year, especially, I mean, obviously, uh, when when you're a leader in some capacity, like the whole year is there's lots happening on your schedules, but then we layer on this extra, um, like all the holidays and end of year, you know, wrapping up or planning or all those kind of things that come with the end of the year, um, and then you layer on like the cold and the dark, and it just can it can just feel like a lot for people to go go through and what I find, and this is true for myself too, is that we end up getting in this like doing phase where we're just doing, doing, doing. We're just going down our list, checking off things on our to-do list, just trying to kind of like hustle through, like get through the holidays as opposed to like allowing a little bit of space and allowing a little bit of quiet. And so I really feel like this just even noticing that that's our habit is to get into this like hustle and bustle um, and just allowing ourselves to inviting ourselves to be like, wait, what if I can push pause a little bit? What if I can just create a little bit of space where I'm not being productive or checking something off the list, I think is hugely beneficial and something that we kind of don't get accolades for. So it's harder to, um, I don't know, want to do that, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so for you personally, what are some of the ways that you find to, to like stop and reflect and intention set for the new year or what, you know, whatever time of year it is, what are your go-to methods? Well, one of the first things I like to do is actually just even in moments like this, where it strikes me, oh, right. I should create a little space. Um, One of the things I like to do is, you know, put something on my calendar that is just for me and it's blocked just, and I honor it just the way I would honor any other meeting or any other event And it might be something for me where it's just like, yeah, I'm going to spend an hour and a half and I'm going to 
close the door to my office or go to a coffee shop and just like a lot, you know, just bring my journal or a notebook and, you know, I don't even have to like come up with a perfect intention setting plan or a perfect reflection thing, but just giving myself like prioritizing that time. Um, it's one of the first things I love to do. And then as I think through, like, I, if I'm in that space, then I just like to ask two simple questions essentially, which is, um, what am I celebrating in terms of reflection? I think we're so good at kind of glossing over what we've done, what's gone well, what we can celebrate. And we just go to like the next thing, right? So we're just, we're just like always looking for the next thing. So really like, what can I celebrate? What, what did I, what were kind of my wins? Uh, and, you know, like pop a bottle of champagne or like allow that celebration to happen. Love <laughs> it. Yeah. And then the second piece is just like, what did I learn? Um, I think it's, it's a nice reframe from like, where did I, you know, or my failures or, or kind of some of those ways like, oh, that went so poorly, but you learn something from that. And so that's one of my favorite things to do in terms of reflections as well. Like, what did I, what did I, what can I celebrate and what, what did I learn? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And going back on the point you said about when you're in a moment of life feeling chaotic and you're like, hold on, Maybe I can pause some of this right now. I saw on your website, you have a blog post titled five questions to ask yourself to create more space in your brain. And I think that's a really relevant idea um, as we ask people to go out on these walks and, and to let their minds wander. And I think for a lot of us, we could spend the whole 22 minutes, you know, like you said, just thinking about the things that we need to do, but haven't done yet, or just like the what's next. Um, and so maybe you can explain what those five questions are and how people can use them to free up some of their brain space on their walks. Yeah. Yeah. And this, this is a great, these are great questions to ask almost before you go on the walk in, in essence, because they help you, um, you could be just running through your to-do list of like how to, how to automate or, or, or offload some of this stuff. But I love, um, the question of just like, what can I put on autopilot? Right. There's so many things that we think were essential to uh, implement or to to push forward, and there are so many ways that we can put things on on autopilot in some way. And maybe it's just a small thing, right? Maybe it's just where it's like, okay, I need all of my email. Like I'm going to put an autoresponder on my emails for a, a day or two so I can get caught up, or um, it's something like I'm going to order one of those like meal delivery kits for <laughs> for a week so I can just have that be kind of taken care of, right? So you're not thinking about, oh, what, what should I cook tonight? And what should I, uh, all the all the things. So I love that question of just like, what can I put on autopilot? Um, the second question I like to ask is what decisions can I make later? I think a lot of times, again, with this time of year, we're doing so much already. And if you're trying to decide, you know, something for your work or, or, or personal life, and you just can like, do I need to make this decision right now? Or can I just put it on my calendar for January 15th? I'm going to revisit that. And just giving yourself that little bit of like, oh yeah, you're right. I don't need to, I don't need to figure that, that out today. Um, which I think is helpful. Mm-hmm. The third question I love to ask is what can come off my plate and similar kind of to the first two, but what can come off my plate? And that might mean delegating to um, a partner, a kid, a family member, a somebody to help, like, can this just come off my plate and be delegated to somewhere, someone else? 
or can it just be deleted entirely? Like, do I even need to bother with this thing? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I feel like with both that point and the last one, like when does this have to be done now or can this be done later? I have such a habit of whenever something comes on my to-do list, I feel like it's all of a sudden at the top of the list. It's like, it needs to get done now. I mean, it feels good to get mm -hmm. things done. So it sure. like, makes sense. But some of them you just can't do right away. And it's so important to have those questions in your mind and, and to remember, I can do this in a few months or can someone else do this? Right. Like we get into that, that um, kind of just where we're just responding, like things come at us and we're like, I guess I'll address this and I'll address this instead of saying like, wait, is this what is requiring my attention right now? <laughs> can I push this yeah. further back? Yeah. yeah. And then the last two questions I like to ask are just what's helping right now and what's not helping. And that can be really simple. Like those can be really simple things. Like you might decide that what's not helping me right now is spending time on social media. Okay, great. Can I create a boundary there? Can I just say, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Um, or what is helping right now? Uh, going to my yoga class is becoming essential for me. So I'm really going to make sure I prioritize that. Um, so just kind of that little space of reflection, and that can be a really nice thing to do on your walk is just to kind of, oh yeah, wait, hold on. As I'm getting caught up in like the hustle and bustle, well, what's helping? What's not helping? And just, they can be little tiny micro adjustments where, okay, I'm going to turn down the volume on that. And I'm going to turn up the volume on this other thing that is really making, making a difference. Right. Right. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Something that this, your blog post made me think of is um, there's this book called How to Become a Straight A Student. And I have not read it before, but my neighbor has. And he was telling me that one in one part of it, they talk about how when you have all these tasks, you should focus on the tasks that like take the most amount of time or are the, the most important, really, which often take the most amount of time. You know, like the bigger tasks that we sort of like put off because it feels good to get tasks done, right? So like most people do all the like little tiny things. They're like, well, I'm going to go do my laundry real quick and take out the trash and then I'll get to this big thing. And that actually, if you just like sit down and focus on the big thing, then, you know, you're going to get to those other tasks later. Those are not important, but you're going to keep putting off that big task and that has like helped me so much after he's told me that with like work and personal tasks. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like it's that idea of the big thing is like, you're like, oh, I just want to, I just want the easy win. So I just do yeah. all the little things that never moves the needle. Um, the other thing I really like to think about with that, of course, is like, if there's the big task, um, I can, I can start to freeze a little bit with that. Like, oh, well, I need to have everything in place to do that thing. Um, and so I'm a huge step of like, okay, or a fan of like baby steps. Like what is, okay, what's the very first tiny task? So you're almost reverse engineering it. Like, okay, I'm going to give myself 10 tiny tasks that I will feel more motivated to check off the list. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. Tricking <laughs> yeah. your brain into thinking you're doing the small things. <laughs> right, and it might be the smallest thing. Like, oh, I'm just going to block my calendar for 30 minutes first. Okay, I'll check, I did that, great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I love writing the tiniest things on my to-do list, like things that I just did a minute ago, I'll write on my to-do list and then cross off. <laughs> so satisfying. Yes, did it. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, I have another question here. What's one lesson that your career as a coach and business owner has taught you 
that you think could be valuable to everyone? Mm. Yeah. So many lessons. I feel like that's like the older I get, the more I'm like, will I ever just like be done learning lessons? Um, well, in specifically in related to this, I think there is an element of, and this is, I think it is an originally like a military uh, term or phrase, but, um, you know, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And I feel like this is kind of constantly where I have to keep coming back to the idea of like, there, it's counterintuitive to slow down, right? It's counterintuitive to like, whoa, 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 let's take a step. Let's, let's do this slowly. Whether that's like giving yourself some time off or space to think or whatever it might be. Um, but just like knowing that slowing down actually creates fewer bumps in the road and then you don't have to go back and fix things. So you actually get there faster. And I think this can be applied to kind of this, this almost mindfulness journey as well. Um, where we think like, I don't have time for that. Or like, I'll just get through it and then I'll, and then I'll rest or then I'll, you know, I'll catch up on my vacation. But if we can just start to implement these little, like just 22 minutes a week, right. Just slowing down for just that little bit of time. We start to go, oh yeah, it gives us time to think. We might like have an idea that allows us to, you know, get somewhere we want to go. Like the thing you've been chewing on, uh, for a while comes to you when you actually slow down a little bit and create some space. So I think maybe that's, that's what I would say is one of my lessons. That's a great lesson. Yeah. And, and then I have a question for all of our entrepreneurs or business owners out there. What is your favorite productivity hack, pro- productivity hack for entrepreneurship mm. or for entrepreneurs? Yeah. I, I don't know if this is, I mean, I guess it's a hack to some degree, but I think that um, entrepreneurs, especially like if you, if you're working, if you're not working with a bigger team, like at some point you might grow your business and then you have a bigger team and there's a lot more structure, um, that comes into play. But I think for a lot of like newer entrepreneurs who are working with really small teams, nimble teams, or they're maybe like just a solopreneur of some sort time blocking time management of some sort, I think is one of the biggest things people get caught up on. They think that things aren't going to take as long as they are, um, or they don't really have a sense of how it's going to go. So a lot of times I, one of my favorite things is to, when you write your to-do list, here's what I'm going to accomplish today. I like to start to estimate, like time estimate. I think this is going to take an hour. I think this is going to take 30 minutes. I think this is going to take whatever. And the first thing I like to have people do is like add up those hours. And sometimes you'll be like, wait, I have, I've scheduled 16 hours worth of work today for myself. Like, hmm, okay. That, that's your first sign that something needs to be adjusted, but also it just, it then helps you have this check, um, to say like, oh, I thought this was going to take half an hour. It took four hours. Okay, great. So like there's, it's like a, over time you become a lot more productive because you're really honed in on what time do, do things actually take and how can I kind of be more effective in my planning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my fiance is always reminding me that feelings get hurt or people get upset when expectations do not meet reality. And I am constantly setting myself up for not meeting my own expectations. Cause every day I'm like, I've, I have like all these things on my to-do list. And it's like, if I were to just time them out, yeah. uh, it's not going to happen. It's it can't realistically happen. And, and then at the end of the day, I'm like, dang, I wasn't very productive. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. So it is like, it's, yeah, you'll have something on your list, like build website. You're like, 
what, what does that even mean? Yeah. It's going to take like 40 hours. And I, and then you're disappointed that you haven't like checked it off at the end of the day. Yeah. But I think that, yeah. Any of those times where we can kind of reset our expectations or have more realistic expectations, mm-hmm. then you have that sense of satisfaction at the end of the day too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you help a lot of people move forward with their visions. And so what is it that you see that is like holding people back most of the time? Like, why do, do most people come to you? Um, is there like a, a broad one that you see or a common one you see happening often, or is it pretty situational? It depends. Um, I think it depends a, a little bit on whether they're newer in business or, or, or they've been doing their work for a long time. If they're newer to either the particular job or to that business, then a lot of it, honestly, things that hold them back is just this either sense of, I'm not good enough yet. Like, I'm not, I can't be like, who am I to be doing this sort of thing? Um, Which of course, like there's just learning curves. And the more I always think, say that clarity comes from taking action, right? Like, you need to take the action, the clarity will come, the confidence will come from there. So there's, I feel like there's a lot of, um, yeah, that's like one thing that holds them back is just that, that lack of, of like owning it and having some, some confidence behind it. For people who've been doing it a little bit longer, I find the thing that holds them back or starts to, starts to stifle their work, um, or their vision is, you know, maybe they started with a really clear vision and over time it's kind of morphed and changed and, and situations have uh, made their vision either they've strayed from it a little bit, um, or, or they've just grown and changed and they're not as aligned with it as they used to be. And, um, they've kind of like fallen out of, of love with, it sounds cheesy, but they've kind of fallen out of love with this, um, with this vision they have. And so part of it is coming back to this sense of like, okay, who are you? What do you value? What, it, what's important for you? And then making some either yet yeah, making some adjustments to their, their business, the way they're working so that it is more, um, more in line with who they want to be and, and what the, what they kind of the impact they want to have in the world. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. It's, I'm, that makes sense. Now that you say it like imposter syndrome, everyone has that that's huge. And then just like, being in the routine and doing the same thing every day that you used to get so excited about and love. And now you're like, all right, now what? Yeah. Yeah. And we can really start to be like, nah, maybe I'll just like scrap the whole thing, which is also fine if that's where you are. But, um, I've had so many fun kind of, uh, work with people who really have like made this pivot from being, you know, not super excited about what they're doing and they start to shift and like, Oh wait, if I just make this one tweak, with whether it's the way I just deliver something or it's the people I serve. Huh. Okay. Then there's like this reinvigorated sense of what they're doing. Wow. And so I have one final question for you. Um, so as we get people in the habit of doing this through the month of December, going on these walks where they reflect and, and, um, in silence, how Mm -hmm. do you, do you have a way to encourage people to, um, keep doing it throughout the year, not just through our challenge, but, um, kind of like a pro tip to, to keeping habits, or is it just like, try harder, (laughs) keep doing it. (laughs) So my, I'd say my pro tip for what it, what it's worth for so many things really comes back to the sense of curiosity. And I think that we can get in a sense of like, well, 
this is a good hat. This is a good habit to have. And so I should do it more. And like, we kind of put this pressure on ourselves to like, if I were, if I really had some discipline, I would do this every week, you know, like I'm going to keep this. And it starts to feel like a little bit, I don't know, crunchy or starts to feel like, yeah, it feels not as, not as inspiring. And so my tip in so many um, situations is, can I just tap into curiosity? Like, huh, I wonder if I can do this one more week. I wonder if it, like, is this feeling good? I think it feels pretty good. Let me, let me just see what it would, what would it feel like if I did this two times a week? What would this feel like if I did most of my walks in silence? So it's just allowing yourself to kind of get curious and lean into that exploratory feeling as opposed to kind of uh, forcing yourself to like do a thing because you should do it, but instead leaning into curiosity. Mm -hmm. That's a really good way of looking at it. Yeah. It makes it lighter anyway. I, yeah, I, I, totally. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then I have a bonus question. Ooh. What was it like to grow up in Crowheart? Oh gosh. I, I actually loved it so much. Um, I didn't really realize it was such a unique experience um, until I went to college. I went to a school in Oregon and I realized that like most people, and this is, you know, there's so many towns in Wyoming that are like that, like little tiny, mm-hmm. tiny towns but I didn't realize that like most people in the rest of the U S like are from larger cities and they have malls nearby and they have conveniences and um, yeah, riding the bus, however many miles, 30 minutes anyway, to, to do boys for school is like not a super common experience. Right. But or, like, or like most people, if they grew up in a town of 300, there was like another town of 310 minutes away. And then, you know, it was like a, just more of a metropolis then yeah yeah and I think that the thing I always think about with growing up in Wyoming is that on playing on sports teams you know you you're like okay our closest game is like two hours away or an hour and a half away and then our farthest game we might drive seven hours for one high school basketball game yeah (laughs) it sounds absurd now that I think about that but at the time it was like of course you do that it's just what you do so yeah (laughs) kind of unique in that way yeah that's awesome well Katie thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and your expertise with everyone and um and thanks for being a part of the the 22 minute challenge yeah thanks so much for having me this is so fun the 22-Minute Leadership Wyoming podcast series is brought to you by Hilltop Bank in Central Wyoming. Thank you for your support.